Good to know Shabbos, Parshas Vishpatim. You know, we're over the hump now. It's almost Shabbos. We're getting ready for Shabbos. And I want to tell you an amazing Dvar Torah. The, par- the, pa- the parsha starts off the first Pasuk. These are the laws that you should place before the Bnei Yisrael. There's a very cryptic Zayar on these Pesukim. The Zayar says like this, Pasuk Reb Shimon V'Omer. Reb Shimon opened with these words, V'Elein Mishpatim Ashatasim L'Fneim Targum V'Elein Dina Dezestadr Kadamayin Elein Inoin Sedurin Dilgogula These are the rules concerning reincarnation. Gilgulim, namely the judgment of souls. Done in the Nishmas and the Istanu, Kochad Vichad Vikabal Oinche. That incarnate again and again, and they come back as Gilgulim in this world to be sentenced according to their punishable acts. The question is what's going on over here? What's the connection between the Elam Shvatim telling the Yidin the rules, the laws of the Torah? And Gilgulim coming back, getting punished, the law, the Seder of Gilgulim. What's going on? What's the connection? So the Kedush Etzim, the second Baba Rebbe of Etzim, who was murdered by the Nazis in Mahashimam, so he brings down an incredible story that happened with the Baal Shem Tov. He says, there was a rich person that he had to go away. He had to go away for a while. And he was worried that while he was gone, something would happen to his money. He had a close friend who was very poor, who did not have any money. He said, you know what? I'm going to ask my friend if I can leave my money by him till I come back. I trust him. I know he'll watch over it for me. And so it was. His friend said, sure, no problem. I'll watch it for you. So the rich man was very relieved. He gave his friend the money and he went. He went on the way to what he had to do and securing the knowledge that when he comes back, his money will be waiting for him. In the meantime, what happened? This person that he entrusted the money to, this poor person, he passed away. And after Shiva, when his sons were dividing up the Yerusha, they find, hidden away in a corner of the house, they find a tremendous amount of money. And at first they can't believe what's going on. Their father never had any money. What's going on over here? And they tell themselves, oh, you know what must have happened? Our father must have been really, really rich. Just, he wanted to live a simple lifestyle. So he never told anybody that he had the money. He never used it. And they divided up the money. And each one of them went and built these beautiful mansions and hired carriages and whatnot. They started really, really living it up. After a while, the rich person who had originally entrusted the money, entrusted the funds to this poor person who had passed away, he comes back from his trip. And he hears that the person who he had given and trusted the money to had passed away. And that his children had this sudden windfall and they built these mansions and they had these carriages and these drivers and everything and he realizes right away what must have happened and he starts crying, he starts screaming, oh no, I'm lost, everything I worked my whole life is gone, what am I going to do now, what am I going to do? He goes running over to these children he says, don't you know this wasn't your father's money, your father never had a penny, he never had a penny to his name, this is my money, we were good friends, I trusted him, I lent it to him. The kids say, we have no idea what you're talking about. Our father never told us anything about this. He goes running to the Bezdin and he, he summons these children, these dead person's children, to Dintaira. And the Bezdin listens to what the rich person has to say. And the Bezdin listens to what these Yisayimim, what these orphans have to say. And the Bezdin makes these orphans swear that the father never told them that he had gotten these funds from this person. 
and the orphans swore truthfully they had no idea. They swore that they had no idea. Abeza said, okay, you get to keep the money. And unfortunately, this former rich person now, he's out of luck. Depressed and dejected, he leaves. He has no idea what to do now. One of the Tamidim of the Baal Shem, one of the Tamidim of Baal Shem, saw what happened and he was very, very perturbed by this whole thing. He understood that what really happened was that it was really a rich person's money. And it was unfortunate that the person who had passed away had never told his children what had happened. But he was very, very perturbed by this miscarriage of justice. And he went to the Baal Shem to, to complain. He said, Rebbe, Rebbe, how could it be? How is it possible? How is it possible? The ways of the Torah are pleasant. They're sweet. How is it possible that there could be such a miscarriage of justice? The Baal Shem said, My dear Talmud, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Tomorrow, I want you to go outside of the town to a certain stream. And you'll see next to that stream, there's a tree. I want you to climb that tree, hide in that tree, don't make sure that nobody could see you, and stay there the whole day and just watch what happens by that stream. And then afterwards, I want you to come back to me and tell me what happened. So the next day, right in early, early this Talmud of the Baal Shem, he leaves the town, he finds the stream, he climbs up the tree, he makes sure he's hidden within the branches, he makes sure he's hidden within the leaves that nobody should be able to see him, and he waits. After a little while, he sees a peddler, a merchant, coming by. He stops by the stream to refresh himself, to take a little drink. He drinks, he refreshes himself, he decides, you know what, I'm going to lay down a little bit. He takes his bag of money, he puts it down under his head, and he takes a little snooze under the tree. After a while, he wakes up, and he continues on his way, but he forgets his money bag. A little bit later, there's a second peddler that comes by, and he also stops by the stream to refresh himself a little bit, and he sees this money bag under the tree. He looks this way, he looks that way, he doesn't see anybody, he grabs the money, the money bag, and he hustles out of there. He's gone. A little while later, a very poor pauper comes by. And he stops by the stream to refresh himself. He takes a little bit of drink and then he lays down for a rest under the tree. While he's taking his snooze under the tree, the original merchant who had left his bag of money under the tree, who now realized that he lost a bag of money, comes back to look for his bag of money. He sees this honey, he sees this pauper sleeping under the tree, and he assumes that this pauper must have taken his bag of money. And he wakes the guy up roughly, he shakes him by the shoulder, he says, Mr. Mr. Wake up! Where's my money? What do you do with it? Then he wakes up, he's all disoriented, he has no idea what's going on. He says, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't see any money, I didn't take any money, I'm a poor person, I'm just resting. But the guy doesn't believe him. And he takes out his stick and he starts beating this guy. He's beating, tell me, where's my money? Where's my money? The guy says, I have no idea. I'm telling you, I promise. I swear, I have no idea what's going on. And he's whacking him with the stick. He's beating this guy up. Finally, he realizes that either this guy is actually telling the truth or he's never going to get anything out of him anyway. And he continues on his way. He leaves. The pauper gathers his few meager belongings that were spread out all over the place by now. He gathers stuff together and slowly hobbles away. By now, dusk is approaching. Once the coast is clear, the Talmud of the Baal Shem, he comes down and he comes back to the Baal Shem and he says, Rebbe, I went up to the tree like you told me. I saw this, these crazy happenings. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe Rebbe could, could illuminate. Tell me what's going on, what happened over here. So the Baal Shem says, I'll tell you what happened. The original merchant that you saw coming under the tree who left his money bag and lost his money. In a previous Gilgal, he was 
the child, like in our story, the child of a poor person who came into the money unjustly. He came into the money through a technical loophole. And therefore, in this Gilgal, it was decreed that he had to lose the money to rectify, the, to atone for the fact that in the previous Gilgal, he had come into the money unjustly. The second merchant who found the money bag in the previous Gilgal, he had lost his money unjustly. And now, because of that in this Gilgal, he was coming back into the money from the person that he had lost it unjustly to. Who was this Ani? Who was this pauper that got beaten up seemingly unjustly? He was the Dayan who paskined in the previous Gilgal that the money did not belong to the rich person but belonged to the poor person's children. And to atone for that miscarriage of justice in this Gilgal, he had to get a beating by the person that uh, the money was being taken from in order to atone for it. Bashanta said, sometimes justice doesn't play out in this Gilgal. Justice plays out over a span of many generations. We don't always see it right away, but at the end of the day, there always will be true justice. And this is why right away on the Pasuk, when it says, Rav Shimon says, these are the rules concerning reincarnation, Gilgulim. That the souls of the incarnates come back as Gilgulim in this world to be sentenced according to their punishable acts. Justice will always happen, but it may not happen in this Gilgal. I hope you enjoyed this, Torah Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.